and welcome to episode two of the Hateful Fantasy Football League podcast. Uh, I am Migs, and I'm here with Sean. How you doing, Sean? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Well, you know, I was expecting to have the four-pack here again for some lengthy discussion and interruptions, but apparently it's just the two of us. Well, are you surprised? I mean, Eric's been an immense disappointment as a commish and as a friend, frankly, over all the years I've known him. So I'm not at all surprised he's ditching out on this one. That's that's true. And Biggs, I mean, I feel like he might be best friends with Eric now because they're both skipping out for questionable reasons and they're both 0-4 on the season. So <laughs> really are they committed to the podcast or the league at this point? Oh, what a fucking embarrassment. It's it's a shame, really. I mean, I, I didn't know anybody going into this, and I feel like I don't want to know half of them now. Um, I'm surprised you want to know any of them. Well, you know, you seem nice so far, but you did beat me this week, so it's, it's out for debate. Well, but we'll get to this later. I'm clearly a pretender. It's, it's possibly there. Um, so, yeah, we're going to start off. Uh, we said we were going to start with the real NFL, but I feel like we should probably just break down our standings real quick and kind of give a recap of the week. Um, after four weeks um, in our two divisions, we have uh, three teams that are 3-1, and one, and your team, Sins a Robot, that's 4-0. Uh, Armadillos, Handos, Commandos, and my team, Migs, um, rounding out the 3 and ones. So that's your, fo- your top four teams so far. Um, we got, let's see, four that are two and five that are two and two. Um, and then one, one and three, that's, uh, gizzard cleaners. And then, as we said, rookie monster and bigs bringing up the rear, um, quick look here at points, four points against, I'd say it looks pretty even. Um, nobody's really gotten the, the raw deal on, uh, strength of schedule or anything. I don't think it looks pretty even. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh, NFL news. Uh, big week this week from a lot of players. Um, I know I got burned on a couple guys. Uh, I had Mixon on the bench in one league, mm. and then he goes out and drops 40-some points. But I had uh, Jacobs and, Rob- and uh, Robinson instead. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, that'll it's do a it. tough draw. Yeah. Um, and then quarterbacks are – continuing to just put up massive points. We had Dak. Um, Allen's still doing really well. Rodgers, just lighten it up. Um, it was quite weak from Russ, but I mean, he's been lights out as well at the beginning of the year, letting him cook. Is there any other uh, players that you think have kind of stood out so far in the early part of the season? I mean, some of the, some of the receivers have really stood out to me overall. Uh, DK Metcalf has really taken off this year. It's been fantastic to see uh, all his promise come to fruition. Uh, Calvin Ridley's had a very good start to the year. Uh, of course, Matt Ryan is going to have his ups and downs. Uh, that team is very, very bad, uh, but they seem to be able to sling it quite a bit. Ridley's looking very good. I think there's a number of receivers that I'm very bullish on right now and that have been very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. The other one I like, uh, I'm going to try to get it. Uh, view of this coming weekend is uh, Jefferson up in Minnesota. Um, he's put to back, together back-to-back weeks. Um, and I want to say I saw somewhere on Twitter today said he was the top-rated PFF wide receiver. He was this past week, yes. With Thielen as number two. So, I mean, they could be turning around. Um, 
their defense struggled at first. They had a lot of young guys that um, it's a defensive minded coach. So you can kind of pull them together and maybe make a late season push here. Could be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you just went ahead and uh, jump into our contenders pretenders for the, our season. Absolutely. So I think the idea here is to compare where teams actual records are with where their points for and efficiency have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed on our league, Armadillos, even though he's three and one, has just a massive points for with over 600 points scored so far. Uh, he's been pretty efficient in getting points out of his roster. Uh, I think that really says more about his lack of depth than necessarily the, the overall strength, but you can't complain about getting your best players on the field consistently. Um, to me, even though he's three and one has lost a game, I think he's probably one of the strongest contenders. Um, moving down in the, the rankings a little bit, uh, looking at players or looking at teams that have had really good production for Boatner humor, who I think is actually an absentee owner. Uh, we never hear a word from him. We don't see moves made. He's two and two with 587 points scored. Uh, the Wangs, uh, Mark Burwanger, uh, you know, he's done very well for himself, although again, two and two high points scored. So I think he's had a little bit of difficulty with his schedule so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think taking a look yourself at 572 points for uh, a very strong showing. Uh, Sister Christians, I think, is struggling a little bit with losing McCaffrey. Uh, but I think that's a very good team overall. We'll likely bounce back when McCaffrey comes back. Has Aaron Jones currently on the bench with buys. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to like there on that team. And speaking of Justin Jefferson, that's been buoying his squad a little bit. For sure. Um, I was taking a quick peek back here at the week's um... – High score in one week was actually my team. I think that was week one. Yeah, with 176. Um, But I would say, um, Verboter, how do you want to say that? Verbotener humor. Verbotener humor. Um, I felt bad week two. Week week two, um, I squeaked out an epic four hundredths of a point victory over his team. Uh, I was waiting for the uh, the league to come back and uh, kind of adjust somebody by like half a yard or something and just just lose that. But so I mean that game right there puts him three and one, me two and two, and kind of changes the outlook on the season. I think for both of us um, at that point too. Um, But I'd agree with that. Um, Do you think there's anybody else that do you think anybody's uh, in the position to kind of make a, a late push? kind of bounce back from where they are right now? I think that's a good question. Um, I do think right now the apocalyptic looks like they could improve. Chase Edmonds has been getting a little bit more run in Arizona. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I'm not sure what to make of. Uh, you know, I think they're going to keep force-feeding him the ball, but I'm just not that bullish on him. But you can also see Antonio Gibson picking up steam. Uh, he's got Dalvin Cook. And then, you know, he does have a solid quarterback core with Danny Dimes, Baker Mayfield, and Matt Stafford. You might not be the most excited about it, but it's solid. Yeah, and I'd say Stafford has 
only up to go this year. I haven't been super impressed. Um, if him and Galladay can get on the same page and he can start stacking them. Um, Absolutely. Like, yeah, with his running back depth, he definitely has has the makings of a team that can make a push this year and shouldn't be looking to, to do anything for the future right now. He should kind of go for the go for the gold. Um, granted, I mean, he has no cap space whatsoever. Um, yeah, well, I think I mean, that's going to be a theme going forward in this this year. You know, we've got a lot of teams right up against the cap very tightly. And then mm-hmm. looking forward into 2021, there's a number of teams that are really – uh, probably already over the cap uh, with the projected NFL cap dropping to 176. Uh, there's a number of teams that are over the cap currently. For yes, what's, having not played in these leagues before, what, what's kind of the situation at that point? I'm not entirely sure. I reached out <laughs> to RSO to see what they would do. The salary cap hasn't gone down since the last collective bargaining agreement was done in, was that 2011? so sounds right uh i believe rso has the option to break from the nfl salary cap uh perhaps holding the salary cap steady for teams but that'll still leave a number of teams in a crunch uh verboten or humor currently has 193 million committed in cap next year even if the cap were to remain at the 198.2 that it currently is he would have five million dollars to sign all the players he needs unlikely to happen which would have to be what we have 20 man rosters, 20 man rosters. And so you're going to have five under contract. No, Correct. Six, six under contract. Uh, so supporting <laughs> 14 players, I think he would have to make at least one cut or IR somebody uh, before the season. Yeah. Cause you'd only get what? 10 half million dollar contracts and then still be four players short. Correct, and then be butted up against the cap. <laughs> um, for those of us who are new to this, what's the best way to kind of get a look at that within so, the uh, site? Yeah, as far as a good way to understand the cap summary, if you scroll all the way down on the homepage, uh, mm-hmm. now this is on desktop. I don't know if this will work on mobile. You can see the cap summary on the homepage of the site all the way yep. at the bottom. Yep, and um, I know for me, it's it's one of those things that I have to remember. I've played in, in similar type of formats with this um, where uh, you you didn't know the uh, the cap ramifications of your players. It was kind of a, like an allocated, uh, cal- allocated salary bump on players you decided to keep. Mm. Um, so this this helps out a lot knowing where you're where you stand with your players going forward. Um, but it also is something that's, I would say, uh, not easily uh, understandable when you're first jumping into a league like this. You need to not worry about just this season. You need to be looking for that second season since that cap um, hit on players jump so much. Absolutely. Yeah, I think one of the, the main strategies that should be understood in this this type of format is it's always okay to pay market price year by year. Um you have to be careful with all contracts are formulated to escalate in value over the terms of the contract. So you'll always get a discount in the current term, but in future years, it'll escalate in value. Um, you know, that can really lead to, to a real cap purgatory that uh, people don't really want to be in. Mm-hmm. And that's what Biggs is trying to take advantage of this year. 
I think that is his goal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like he, uh, he decided after the first, you know, 16 or so top players and he didn't get any that he really wanted. He kind of took a back seat and saw if he could snipe any deals. And then at the end of the day, he ended up with what 60 million in free space. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's got 86 million in free space now. Now that's after some moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's only got 57 million committed to next year. Uh, the next closest is 93 million committed by Tulios. Uh, and of course, those are both atrocious teams. Um, yes. Of course, the screaming rookie monster, who's also not doing very well, $160 million committed next year. I think Eric might have wet the bed. Yeah, I mean, I my approach was to kind of uh, forget what dollar amount I set to have available for next year. Because um, I went into the draft not knowing like kind of what market value f- would be for a lot of players or how um, it would all kind of shake out once you start filling out after contracts. Right. Um, so I know I had built a buffer in there, so I would have money available to make a play after a, a four-year or three-year guy that I really, really wanted. Um, and I feel like that's where some teams are going to really struggle. Like you're not going to – you're going to have to take a stretch on your four-year guy by being somebody who's not a top player. Right. But in some regards, that's the way to maximize your value. If you've got a player yeah. that if you hit you're it, high on that everybody else isn't, maybe that's your guy. Yeah. If somebody slips through the rookie draft, you can snatch them up in that regard and hope that they hit. I definitely did that in uh, multiple times in another league this year. Uh, and so far it's looking great. So yeah. it's definitely a viable strategy. Um, and I, f- I think Biggs has, I think I gave Biggs three picks. And he has my first. So that means he has three firsts next year at least. Uh, correct. I was able to hold uh, on to my second. Yeah, I think that's that's key. You, you want to still have your picks as a whole. Uh, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking ahead, Biggs does have three firsts, uh, one second, and then two thirds. Uh, three thirds, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think he has your third and my third. Yes. Because <laughs> I had gotten yours in the draft. Uh, yeah, I traded back into the late second to early third, if I recall correctly. All right. Um, our next, we've, we've kind of been touching on some of this, um, but we thought um, this podcast can kind of give a little more insight to players and help everyone build on this knowledge of playing in a league like this and understanding our own league. Um, we're going to break down position by position to kind of give a feel of who may have good deals on a particular position, who might uh, have overpaid or is stuck with something that they're probably going to be looking to get rid of or people could kind of uh, poach from them if they, if they liked the situation a little bit better. Um, so today we were going to do quarterbacks. Um, I'm not sure how we want to start this. So I think maybe, you know, just observationally, um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have a super flex league, you know, anybody who's part of this league is aware of that. Anybody who might be listening uh, wouldn't be necessarily. So we, we do have, inflated quarterback spending compared to a league uh, that isn't super flex. So on average, we've got about three to three and a half quarterbacks taken per team in our league. 
Uh, and teams have allocated roughly 24 to 24.5% of cap towards the, the quarterback position as a whole. Now, that shakes out really differently from team to team. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see a, a strong correlation between teams that did not invest in quarterbacks and poor performance so far this season. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it's I've typically gone into leagues with the uh, mindset of quarterback late. Um, I was I'm not a person that's going to reach early for, you know, uh, Mahomes, Jackson, even Dak, Wilson, and Murray. Um, I feel like in those you know rounds three through six, there's just too much value at other positions in normal drafts. Um, Absolutely. But this, I think, another point to make with it besides being a super flex, it's six points per TD, um, not the standard four that people are used to. So that's a, that's another perk to having um, strong quarterback play in this league. Absolutely. Uh, and it does take away some of the advantage that comes from having running quarterbacks. Uh, that said, you know, rushing is still a massive point score, but it takes away the, the power of those rushing touchdowns over passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And then I was also, um, when I was looking back through it, I saw that I think it was me and Biggs are the only two people that had two quarterbacks on four-year deals um, because we both took a quarterback in the first round of rookie draft. Correct. So I'm kind of interested to follow that over the next couple of years to see how uh, people emphasize the cheaper uh, quarterback, either by rookie or just signing them outright. I think that's going to be a big trend. Um you know, overall, like I say, teams have allocated 24% of cap to quarterbacks. And I think the teams that didn't spend enough are probably realizing their problem right now. Um, so my guess is that there will be a market correction on quarterbacks for teams that didn't spend, where they'll be ticking up the amount that they allocate. I think the problem that they're going to run into is that there's just not many quarterbacks to be excited about who are going to be free agents next year. Mm-hmm. It's likely that they're going to have to build through the draft. Yeah, I thought we could go through a quick um, kind of start at the back end of quarterbacks here on the four-year deals. Oh, uh, sure. And I was just going to sort it by guaranteed money, kind of say who has the most uh, guaranteed over the next four years. Um, way far and ahead of everybody else is Patrick Mahomes at $109.8 million guaranteed. Um Honestly, that's almost twice as much as the second most, which is Kyler. I understand that you want to have that quarterback, but it feels like you're paying a lot. Yeah, I mean, it, I I share your philosophy. Um, I'm uh, an advocate of the late round quarterback or a value priced quarterback in uh, in this type of format. Um, you know, I. I'm not going to say it's a bad choice to get Pat Mahomes because, you know, Berwanger locked in his guy and he probably won't have to think about one of his two quarterbacks, but he is paying a kingly price for that. Mm-hmm. Because would we say the cap next year, 176, maybe? Yeah. Right now it's projected to be 176. And so he has Mahomes at 43, which would be 20 of his. Yeah. <laughs> Query your cap on one player. It feels bad. Um, I'm not sure how that typically fares out um, in these type of leagues. Um, I mean, that, that feels very high. It's, it's a lot of risk concentrated in one spot. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and I think that's the other thing. While a lot of points are coming from Mahomes, and undoubtedly so, uh, when you have big players signed to big contracts, you have a lot of risk there also. And so if any injuries happen, if that offense takes a regression, you know, it doesn't look like that's happening right now. But if it were to happen, you do have a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other four-year quarterbacks of note, um, Kyler Deck, Josh Allen, uh, Burrow Tuo, Herbert Hurts Love. So besides the rookies, we had uh, what, five. Did not mentioned drew lock drew lock is on there absolutely yeah, so uh, five five non-rookies that were signed a four-year deal yeah which i'd say it probably feels about right yeah i mean if you if you think about the quarterbacks that are mentioned dak and mahomes i, I think you have to feel very bullish about them Kyler Murray, I think, looked very good as a rookie, but had rookie issues. Uh, I think he's laying a lot of those concerns to rest this year. Josh Allen, uh, I want to say kudos to you. I, I think that was a bit of a bold call to, to sign Josh Allen to the four-year, $90 million deal. Uh, but it looks really good right now. Yeah, it's probably a little bit more than I wanted to spend, but I also saw him as like the the next tier of running quarterback that had the potential to do something. Absolutely. Um, Cause but it's 10 million less than Dak. I forget how much less than Russell uh, paid more than Russell on a guaranteed amount, but it, it feels um, I'm not upset with how that shook out or is playing out so far. I feel good about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, third year guys. Uh, I'd say we have a couple of the next tier of, quarterbacks with Watson and Russell. Yeah. Um, then some questionable guys in our three-year deals that I feel like people are regretting signing um, with Wentz, Wentz, Daniel Jones, Cousins, Bridgewater, and Tannehill. Yeah. I think um, there's a trend here with quarterbacks where teams had waited too long to start signing their first quarterback and we're backstopping themselves with mediocre quarterbacks for long-term deals. And there was a lot of competition in that range. So Bridgewater, Tannehill, uh, Daniel Jones, and Cousins, to me, really scream of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I get that once different people have opinions about him. I've not been a fan, but it's not due to lack of talent. I think his biggest issue is just being on the field. Yeah, and having the people around him on the field. Ah, boy, howdy. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you you look at, like you said, the Bridgewater, Cousins, Jones. I mean, they're all at roughly $30 million when somebody has Russell Wilson at 39 I mean, right. for $3 million a year, I I feel like you're there's a huge gap on expected value there. Absolutely, there is. Um you know, and as, as the guy who signed Kirk Cousins, I know my, my thought process there was that with the change in offensive coordinator and bringing in more receiving talent, I was expecting him to pick up his production. So part of that was a projection on my part, and mm-hmm. I think that was probably an error. It happens to the best of us, man. Ah, you know, you got to own <laughs> wins and losses. Um, next on our two-year deals. Um I think the main one that sticks out to me is Lamar. 
uh, on the two year deal not to stick out, you know, 59 million this year, 61 million next year. Yes. And and we're thinking Mahomes was taking up a lot of space. Uh, yeah, a, Lamar will take third. Up 35% of cap next year if the $176 million cap happens. Yikes. I think that's a, I think that might be a team breaker. Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't seem like he has the, the cheat code as much as he had in the past. Yeah. And I, t- I took the opportunity here to um, get my third quarterback with Matt Ryan on a two year deal. Um, mainly because I had no idea what to expect of Burrow, and I didn't want to have to rely on him day one. Absolutely. No, I think that makes plenty of sense. And again, I think when you when you have a chance to get um, middling talent, a two-year deal makes a lot of sense. Uh, Matt Ryan, I think, is better than middling, but uh, he is very aged at this point. You know, he's 36 years old this year. There is a real question mark about how long he lasts before he kind of falls off the cliff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that's actually uh, something that we're seeing with a number of these contracts. So Matt Stafford is aging and has kind of questionable talent surrounding him. Tom Brady is on a two-year deal. Uh, Ryan, um, Aaron Rodgers, again, Aaron Rodgers, that looks like that's paying off very nice so far this year. Yeah. Um, Darnold's also on this list. Did I, I saw he's out this week. Is that an injury or is he benched? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I guess I could probably click on his name and it might tell me, huh? Shoulder. They say shoulder. I think that's an Adam Gase injury. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Gase hole. Um, yeah, so get the Flacco experience this week. Um, so line up those uh, Arizona Cardinals. I think that's who they play, right? Uh, absolutely. Get those, get those Cardinal defense where you can get them. Um, one guy on here that I'm not a fan of is Jimmy G. Um, I just, I just don't see an upside to Jimmy G. No, I'm with you. I, I think he's currently priced near his ceiling. Uh, to me, he's a guy who's shown flashes, but never puts it all together. Um, mm-hmm. and that reminds me a lot of Baker, you know, it, they're guys I'm worried are going to fall off the cliff. Yeah. Um, and then the guys who will be available, well, unless they get signed to extensions coming year, um, it's a whole handful of them. Um, are there any names that stick out to you as guys that should be extended or you hope to be available in the next draft? I'm in, I'm not excited about any of these guys. Uh, of them, I think Cam Newton's probably the, the good value in this group. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's really contingent on him staying in New England or going to a team that's going to, again, kind of cater to his skill set. I think he's uh, he's a very potent quarterback in the right scheme. Um, and as long as he stays healthy, I think Breeze looks like he might be turning into a pumpkin a little bit. Um, yep. So maybe it's, it's possible if Winston stays in New Orleans. But if I recall correctly, he's a free agent after the end of this year. He did. He signed like a one-year, one million right. deal. So of the remainder, you know, Fitzpatrick is going to probably get usurped by Tua. Terod Taylor is losing his job currently to Herbert. Um, Kyle Allen and Haskins, I don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole. 
Minshew, nope. Minshew could be maybe the exception here. Yeah, I feel like he's he's the young guy on this list um, that could uh, lead. But even at 15-5, I feel like I'd rather just have him go back into the draft. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't be except for, any of these guys. Because what's the extension? The, the, the computer calculates that, right? Yeah, the only option in this league, because we're in the first year of this format, is mm-hmm. to franchise tag. Okay. So uh, starting in year two, you'll have the option for uh, an in-season extension. And that'll happen uh, starting in week five and goes through week 13. Okay. So in other leagues that I'm in, uh, extensions have started. Extensions are not, uh, they're not really team friendly. They are, they are meant to leverage you. So uh, there's a lot of risk involved with a lot of them. Uh, For instance, uh, one league I'm in, Christian McCaffrey's extension right now is somewhere in the order of like $62 million a year. Gotcha. So. Okay. Um, yeah, the only other two names we haven't really mentioned on here, uh, Big Ben and Derek Carr. Um, I think they both have the potential to have really good years this year. Yeah. Um, Big Ben, I just, He's another guy. You don't know how long he's going to hold on. Right. Um, he's got good pieces around him. Um, if he can stay healthy, he you can definitely stay a top 12 quarterback for a few more years. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the top contracts here, uh, Drew Brees, 40, Nick Foles, 24. Um, I'm hoping Foles is worth the 24. I'd like to see him do better. This week was not an impressive week. No, but I think Foles did not get helped much by uh, the supplemental group in the Chicago receiving core. You know, Darnell Moody is not looking that great, uh, although he's looking a heck of a lot better than um, Miller. Miller, yes. Miller Miller mm-hmm. has issues, clearly. Yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, as an avid Bear fan, I'm still stuck on the fact that they switched quarterbacks, but they didn't really change their offensive approach. They stuck with the same type of questionable play calling and rhythm setting that they were running with Mitch, and I expected them to kind of break out of that shell. Um, so hopefully this week they can kind of do that, but I'm not holding my breath. As a Bears fan, I think this sounds like the Bears. So Yeah, it's, it's very true. Um, is there anything else you want to add about quarterbacks? Oh, not not uh, not from that perspective. Again, I think it is interesting to see how teams did allocate, um, you know, their pairings of quarterbacks. So, you know, we've seen uh, in general better quarterbacks on the four-year deals uh, going to riskier quarterbacks on the shorter deals. Uh, in order to uh, offset some of the risks, some teams have platooned quarterbacks and ended up spending a lot of money on quarterback positions um, while others have kind of solidified their quarterback in core. And I think have tried to stand pat with fewer quarterbacks. Uh, I think uh, a really good example of this would be sister Christians um, overall only spent 12% of his cap on quarterbacks, but he signed uh, Dak and then took Kyle Allen as the only other quarterback on his roster. Major problem. Uh, I think he actually just picked him up. He did just pick him up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to uh, 
looking at Tulio's gizzard cleaners, you know, he's got six quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, but they're all yes. they're all low to middling. And so I think his yes. <laughs> coach is trying to platoon uh, one surface level quarterback together each week mm-hmm. out of that group. Um, but as an effect, he ended up spending 42% of his cap this year on quarterbacks. That's what I was going to say. I I don't have an issue with the uh, the quantity. It's the quality and the price of that quality. Um, you have – Tannehill, Bridgewater, Luck for $33 million, $36 million. I mean, that's, that's going to hurt you. Right. Um, that was one thing that we didn't really touch on when we were touching on um, contenders, pretenders. Um, I can, I've, I feel like right now is the time to be looking around at the other teams and kind of seeing depth um, and where you can – where. Uh, somebody even has the availability to consider um, trade opportunities. Uh, I think one of the first teams we talked about was uh, Humor's team. While he has a good starting lineup, there's not really anything there that if you were to go to him for a trade opportunity, that you can even poach off the bench. Right. Um, and to me, that's where teams struggle um, in these weeks, five through 12 with all the buys. Um once somebody's on by, you're kind of SOL. Um, like that team right now, he doesn't have a backup quarterback to play this coming week. Um, and your best flex play is Darwin Thompson? No. I don't even know what your best flex play is on this team. Uh... Deion Lewis? <laughs> Because he needs a running back too. Yeah, he needs a running back and a flex. I think it might be Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, he did have Keyshawn some Vaughn action. Or, or Gus Edwards has had carries. <laughs> is that the level well, I, we're I setting mean, this at now? Again, that's the level <laughs> this bench is at. You know, it, it's yeah. a really top-heavy team uh, where he spent a lot of money on that top-end roster, uh, but mm-hmm. his bench, other than two players is all league minimums. Um, the other team we were talking about uh, as potential number one in the power ranking, Armadillo's team. Yeah. And take a quick look at his depth. Um, running back, he's got a couple bodies. Uh, Malcolm Brown, Brian Hill, Duke Johnson, Zach Moss. Yeah. With Moss coming um, back from injury, I, I would think that he would have some uptick in value there. Mm-hmm. And then even with his wide receivers, I like his five-pack here of Reynolds Ward, Lazard, Shanat, and Isabella. Yeah. I feel like that's – his depth right now to me is impressive um, compared to other ones I've looked at. It feels like he has more than one opportunity. So he's not going to really get hit by buys. Right. I think he, he did a good job building his roster from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick peek at yours. All I have you here, you can defend yourself. Uh, yours. I like yours. I mean, you still have potentially the steal of the draft who hasn't performed yet, Kenyon Drake. Right. Uh, where we all fell asleep and gave him to you for $1.5 So I think it's the karma gods that have uh, made him underperform. <laughs> He's performing at price right now. Correct. <laughs> um, but I will say, you know, my, my approach in roster building is 
you know, I lean towards having depth on my roster. So I prefer mm-hmm. not to overspend on one or two guys. It spreads the risk out. It helps me to control my cap year to year. Um, you know, that said, I'm going to have a lot of turnover in this off season. Uh, but I think, you know, looking at my, my starting roster, you're probably not the most excited. It's, it's a decent team, but again, not the most exciting. But at my quarterback depth, I've got Newton and Cousins on the bench right now. Uh, running backs, I've got Drake Dobbins Kelly. Uh, I would think, you know, one of the two, uh, one of the three of those should pop at some point. Tyler Boyd, Marvin Jones, Jarvis Landry, Tate, and Emmanuel Sanders. Again, nobody's probably excited about Emmanuel Sanders or Golden Tate. Um, Jarvis Landry clearly hasn't put it together so far this year. But, you know, somewhere in there during the season, those are going to be serviceable players. Yep. Yep, and that's um, that's how I typically like to build my team, too. Um, you you get the high floor, guys. Yeah. Um, you know that they're – you know, if you had to put them out there, you're not necessarily going to hit unless they get a couple touchdowns. But you also know that, hey, they might get the, uh, the five catches for 50 yards and at least put something on the board and I don't have to worry about them week after week. Right. Um, which is great for the buys. Um, that's what I tried to do here as well. Um, I'm looking, I realized I have about a thousand running backs on my bench now. Um, and none of them are actually good running backs. Well, I like, I like Naheem Hines. I think Naheem Hines is uh, a good value. Yes. At a league minimum deal, he's he's more than paid off. Well, I got him after he paid off. Uh, well, I mean, regardless, he's on your <laughs> roster now. So. He is. He is. Uh, no, I, I missed out on that uh, second, third tier of running backs. I didn't want to overpay on them, and so I started hitting the, uh, the second, the, the bench guys. Um, playing the inner injury card um, with like Gio and Benny and uh, Coleman. So, I mean, I, I felt like if I could make it through the first few weeks, I might have a chance uh, with a running back depth. And so far it's been all right. Are you generally but, a zero RB enthusiast? Are you an anti-fragile roster builder? No, I'm a, uh, how would I describe I have players that I'm, I'm just not going to touch. Sure. Um, but then otherwise, I, this is a whole nother side discussion we can talk about one day. I do a um, a lot of sites or writers do a tier-based draft. Absolutely. I do something that's similar to that, but if you know um, about war from baseball. I do, yeah. And so I build uh, – I use uh, accumulated projections from various things because I'm – I have no time or energy to put towards projecting players myself when other people are much better at yeah. it. And so I use that and then create a war based on position, position scarcity. Yeah. Uh, basically. And so, thing, yeah. And so uh, this league, it, it makes it harder since we have all the flex. Um, but typically what you would do uh, for those who don't know about it in a non-flex league, it's a lot easier because you would say, you know, at what point is the next player that much better against the replacement. And so you'd view that it's a lot easier in like a position like tight end. Um, I I typically don't draft tight ends very high because um, after the first couple, it's they're all more or less equal. 
But this kind of masks it out to show you how much better the top two tight ends are compared to everybody else. You kind of see, you know, once we get down to somebody like a, um, a Waller, how much better is he than the next group of tight ends mathematically compared to um, like a David Montgomery? Is he, which one of those is better at this point in the draft? Um, and so in a full flex, it, it makes it less important because you're basically just buying points. Um, so that's where I kind of stand with my draft philosophy, yeah. I'd say. Okay. Yeah, we should, we should definitely get into that in the off season. Cause I think you and I have similar approaches, but I'm, I'm guessing we have some nuanced differences there. Uh, you gotta make up numbers. Uh, you do have to make up numbers. That is the key. <laughs> you gotta, uh, you know, add the emotional value to each player and if you like them or not. Um, all right. So I think that'll kind of be it for this week. Um, I was going to jump into some bets of the week. I've been hitting the books real hard now that Illinois is fully open with multiple sports books that just want to give you free money. Um, I, I don't understand why they're doing it. Well, I understand because they get people in and then they get addicted and they lose all their money. Um, but if you haven't started doing it, you should do it. If your state have it um, with like DraftKings or FanDuel, um, they're just running stupid promotions more often than not. Like this week on uh, points bets, you can get the Bears at plus 86 for in the max bet $25. So you're going to win $25 for free. Just a lot of that stuff going around right now. You do any of that kind of stuff? I did a uh, FanDuel account last year, again, uh, when they gave me free money. Uh, DFS or uh, I was doing uh, DFS. Yeah. Okay. Yep. This, I'm just doing um, just straight gambling on the games. I did DFS a few years back. It was a lot easier because people didn't take it very seriously, <laughs> and they weren't, you know, running uh, algorithms to see how many lineups they should set. Right. I think that's. I was yeah, doing. I mean, there's algorithms and there's enough sites that anybody who's sharp is is tapped into yeah i remember reading some article at one point um when everybody was kind of sh- trying to shut them down for various things they were saying that you know 98 percent of the winnings were going to like one percent of the players because the they were just able to bankroll enough to win it all basically well, yeah I, I think cash flow is king and so if you've got the cash flow to do that no sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you want to add before we wrap it up? No, I think this was. Uh, I think this was a good conversation. Um, you know, as always, I'm disappointed in Eric, uh, and Biggs is clearly an embarrassment. But you know, that's about it. Didn't he say he wanted to kind of uh, <laughs> practice his voice on mic? He wants to be a fantasy football personality, if I recall correctly. Uh, well, this is this is a great uh, round two of his debut. Yeah, phone it in, man. This is his sequel. Uh, he couldn't even phone it in. <laughs> I mean, he could at least. Uh, you know what I'll do? I'm going to send him a message and see if he can at least send in an audio clip because we can do that on here. Anybody else who wants to send in audio clips, so let me know. I can send you the link, and you can kind of do like a we can do like a voicemail type thing on this. Super super easy. So what I'm going to do is see if he'll send us a clip of why he is not here and see if he can do that for us.
But otherwise, I hope everybody has a great week. But really, I don't because I hate you. And we'll catch you next time. Later. Later.